Okay, hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine and with me there is um, a survival from the psychic wars? I don't know. Sybil. I'm trying to say something funny every time and like I realize that's horrible and I'm not a funny person. Uh, hello. Uh, two men fused together and made a beautiful me. I don't know why I went to Blue Oyster Club there. <laughs> that is one of the mysteries of my brain. Also, like, really good cover by Arjun Lucasen uh, on that song. Look oh. it up. It's a good, good cover. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we are rounding up 2002. So we've decided that from now on, between years that we cover, we will have a bit of a roundup episode, but to rest a bit, because... This will be shorter. This will be less involved. This will include less uh, research, and this will be shorter for me to edit. For you, this will involve less research. I came up with games. Oh no, what did you do? Well, I started looking at what were the top (laughs) songs in music in 2000s. What were the 2002 records nominated for Grammys that were relevant to our show? I just did a little bit of digging. Okay, then. This would be fun. Yeah. two albums that we decided to skip this year. Uh, These albums are Face to Face, How to Ruin Everything, Riddling Kids, Hurry Up and Wait, they're both fine. Face to Face is a band that was at that point making music for 10 years and they sound like a 90s punk band, so they're not bad, they're just bad. If you want like a solid but not amazing or not particularly remarkable um, skate punk, like 90s skate punk record, face to face, how to ruin everything. It's fine. Uh, Riddling Kids are sort of more Blink-like, but still rooted in that uh, more old school punk, but with, you know, a poppier edge, uh, they sound a bit like Blink. Um, they, I have nothing to say about them. I've listened the to... The Riddle and Kids sound like they're going to make their way, if they keep this up, onto being something we need to cover. But right now, they're... They have that early Blink sound where it's a bunch of dumb kids screwing around in a garage with three instruments and some guy who can hit things. They're a bit heavier than Blink, um, which made them a bit 
more fun to listen, but still, there's not a lot to say. Also, they only have two records that they ever made, I think. Really? Okay, well, then I guess we won't be doing that. Goodbye, Riddle and Kids. I don't know. Maybe the other record. Let's see if the other record is in the chart. If it's on our chart. Uh, no. This is the only record that we will ever cover from them. And it's in the... In the in the, 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 the wrap-up episode. Goodbye, Riddling Kids. Uh, yeah. They break up after two albums, and a bunch of them go on to solo projects. Yeah. Well, it happens. Also, one of them cameoed on House. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, the things you find when you quickly check a Wikipedia yeah. page. I rewatched House like four or five years ago, and wow, the show has aged poorly. Not for any like problematic or political reason; it just isn't good. <laughs> if you want a quick procedural, you could get much worse than House. It had a great cast of people with good comedic timing. Oh yeah, I mean you can get much worse, but like at its core, it's just like let's follow this asshole, never get any comeuppance, at least for like the two seasons that I watched. Uh, do you want me to tell you where that show ended? Sure, go on. House had cancer and faked his own death by burning down a building so that he would not get arrested and could spend the rest of his life traveling the country on motorcycle with Wilson as a fugitive. That doesn't sound like comeuppance. That just sound like, oh, we have made a cool anti-hero thing because we like this character. It. I'm just saying that the cops were straight up looking for him, especially if they find out that he faked his death. Everyone turned on him, and he basically explicitly guilted Wilson into coming along with him on this final ride to his death when he was settling into an actual relationship. You're not supposed to root for House in that final chunk. He even has visions of all the dead characters coming back and chastising him. I could see that. I'm just saying that for the most of that I've watched of the show, it has sort of the Batman problem where the writers really want to suck House dick. Uh, the, by the final seasons, we started getting into some... Wait, no, this guy's a prick territory. Okay, that took, what, eight years? Yes. How many seasons, Dan? Eight. Okay, yeah. Of course I know how many seasons House has. Ask me about <laughs> being a television reviewer once. <laughs> Ask me about Gloom. Damn it. <laughs> what? I have that button. want to give you something unless you have somewhere you want to go with this I just want to play the first game okay all right the first game so i looked up the year-end hot 100 singles of 2002 oh no and let's play a game how many songs that we've covered do you think are in the top 10 oh in the top 10 um I don't have a number. I'm going to say that the only thing in the top 10 is Avril. 
I don't know how many Avril songs are there, but I'm gonna say that maybe there's one or two there. So that, that is my try. I have actually tricked you because Avril is the only one who placed that high, and there are two of them on the whole top 100, but Avril's top single got to 11, right underneath Blurry by Puddle of Mud. Oh, no. Yep. Uh, if we go to the top 20, we actually have two of them. Avril is 11 with Complicated, and Jimmy Eat World's The Middle was 14. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Number 25, just to round out that top quarter, is Chad Kroger featuring Josie Scott with Hero, which is the second highest ranked hero on the chart behind Enrique Iglesias at 22. I mean, it's not a pop punk song, but it's an honorary pop punk song just because it makes me laugh. And how far down after 14 and Jimmy Eat World do you think you have to go to get the next song we talked about on the show? Oh, okay. Um, let's see what we did this year. So we did Simple Plan. Uh, would I do it? No, I'd do anything. Wouldn't be there. Perfect might be like in the bottom of the charts. Um, none of the shit will be there. Uh, to get up, kids, Avril Lavigne. No, none of the shit will be there. Um. Could Charlotte make... I could see Charlotte being at, like, 40. Yeah, I could see, like, maybe good uh, something by Good Charlotte being the next one. And maybe around, like, 40, I'm gonna say. I hate to break it to you, but there was only one other song we covered on the list. Okay. It was at 96 in the top 100. And you're going to kick yourself when I tell you it was Avril's Skater Boy. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. Um, to put it into yeah. perspective, that is one song beneath Alanis Morissette's Hands Clean, her last charting single. Ooh, nice. So this is the end year chart, like for the whole year, right? Yeah, this is the year end. It covers everything to, I believe, November 30th. Okay, okay. Yes. Well, well, congratulations, Avril. Your record sort of sucked. Yep. And I look forward to bringing more of these up as we do these roundups in future. Ellie, tell me about what your favorite record we touched on this year was. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I also wanted to do that, so let's... I wanted to do another thing. We can talk about okay. the favorite before. I wanted to go... How many... We cannot do this every episode, because as we go forward, there will be so much more stuff, but we currently have... Uh, about... Oh, this is a lot. No, this is not a lot. 30... 68 minus 35, it's 33. Minus 2 is 31. I can do math. 
this is this is a yes. podcast about me doing basic maths. Um, that's why that's There's what I so spend. many number bands. Yeah, that's what that's what I spent forty thousand pounds of university for. Um, spent. That's why I got forty thousand uh, pounds on loan from the British government for going to university. <laughs> Better it went to you than a turf. True. True. Um, so we have 32 records we covered for this year. I want to, for every record, one single thing that you remember from it. I think this would be fun. Okay. Uh, Bad Religion, the project pro- process of belief. What do you remember from that record? This is still one of my favorite things we covered this year, but it was a known quantity going in for me. And I enjoy that... Uh, It's very weird to revisit, especially as we start crawling towards the Rock Against Bush era. Overtly political music in this time period, which holds up as music rather than just trying to preach it. That is fair. Uh, I remember that it was not too pop and not too punk, and that made it weird. Uh, then we have Finch, What It Is To Burn. This is great because it shows the difference between my capacity to remember things and yours. It's like, my, I I lost any capacity of memory in the last 10 years. Uh, and you're older than me. How does that work? Uh, Finch, What It Is To Burn. So in my case, Finch was an interesting early emo record for the year, but it didn't have the lasting power of multiple other bands we covered similarly. We had Thursday the year before, who really landed with a splash. Finch just feels kind of like a bootleg. I remember that the guy from Glassjaw was on it, and I liked the record. I don't like the guy guy from Glassjaw. I mean, he sang good on that song. That song good, but... Mm -hmm. Ew. Ew. Um... Simple plan. No pads, no helmet, just balls. I think we both probably remember a very specific thing from this, but go ahead. I'd do anything just to fall asleep with you. Uh, I was thinking about the song about fucking an alien. That's like the high point of this year for me. That's just like nonsense. The, The kind of nonsense I adore coming across. See, here's the thing. We have had so much escalation both in music and in the real world since we covered that album that when I think about the songs about fucking the alien, I think about weird QAnon rappers now. <laughs> oh, that is not a spin-off podcast. I'm gonna put like um gonna put a line there and I'm like, I'll take many ideas on what to do spin-offs on. Not on that. Oh, you don't want to cover all seven Let's Go Brandon raps? No, no, I, I I, don't give a shit about America. You're all crazy and it sucks. <laughs> Somewhere Adam is very happy he's not being dragged into this again. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not. Okay. I'm evidence right here, but still. And then we covered Taking Back Sunday with Tell All Your Friends. Okay. Taking Back Sunday would be the worst emo record we covered in a year that didn't have something corporate. (laughs) Uh, I remember that I used to like this record, then I read the lyrics. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, then does Goldfinger open your eyes? You know, Goldfinger seems to be a band that has chilled out into just being dad ska, and more power to them. But that's not going to really cover what we had to look at here. Yeah, I do remember the translur in uh, on the the record. It was fun. Hey, did you know there's actually one of those in the opening to Cheers? What? I had to record the version of that for another show earlier today, so I ripped it and I used the full version going, okay, I'll play around with the lyrics. And I did not remember the bit about and your husband wants to be a girl was one of the things that they're complaining about at the bar. Oh, I complain about that. That sounds great. Well, to be fair, I also forgot how completely extreme some of the lyrics are. Your kid hung a cat outside by its tail, and that's why you're at the bar drinking? Whoa. Okay, then. I would pull up the lyrics, except I don't think you want me to just cover a litany of things that upset boomers. No. No. And everybody knows your name. I've never watched an episode of Cheers, you know that? I've literally, I've literally never watched any Cheers nor any Frasier. There was a while that for some reason I thought that Frasier was that one show about uh, the Canadian cop that goes to to America because the name of the main character in the show I think is Frasier. To be fair, I could easily see mixing up what Frasier is because when I was younger and the show was starting. I did not watch it. It seemed much too stodgy for me. And so the references that were made to it by comedians and satire of the day just gave me this idea that Frasier is a man who goes to museums and is very serious, and sometimes people have to put him down. Like kill him? Yes. (laughs) Frasier must be stopped (laughs) with a bullet. Maybe. Again, I've never watched it. Um, it's, it's honestly a pretty alright show that holds up very well, and there's a certain hilarity to how much no-homo swishiness there is in the cast that's being made fun of when half of them later came out or were admitted to be gay actors. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um... No, it's, it's actually very fun because it's like, oh, his brother, who is constantly trying to simp for this one cleaning lady is like no played by david hyde pierce a gay actor uh the father i forget who it is now but yeah after his death they were like yeah no he was he was gay he just never said anything in the press and all of these characters would so much of the show is like frazier you're so erudite but you're not gay are you although he does consider faking it to get uh to date patrick stewart and get tickets to the opera gay erudite Erudite, yes. Gay erudite. I was making a pun. Never mind. I missed the first part. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, next up is Midtown, with Living Well is the Best Revenge, and we also covered their later record. I'm legitimately going to have to look this one up because I don't remember this at all. Well, I can tell you what I remember is that the, the, the incelly dude from Midtown ended up founding Cobra Starship. Oh, right. This was the whole thing that led us down that rabbit hole to mm-hmm. the point where we found out they put out an album a month ago. 
Yes, yes, the the new album is going out. It sounds generic as fuck. That's great. Um, Strung out on American Paradox. I remember that it was fun. It was a fun record. I think this was one where we were both surprised and also didn't know how to discuss it, so we got very tangential, because this would have been a little before the Adam Hiatus arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a bit heavier than on the record. It had, like, some metal influences. It was really fun, and there was not much to make fun about. Uh, and finally, for this section, then we can do something else for a bit... Um, Something corporate with living through the windows. Um, I'm looking over this list and it's like, I think this is my worst of the year. Maybe. I think we can do awards at the end. Um... Yeah, I remember check. that. The, I remember that I must have referenced the calling like forty times in this episode because. They really sounded like that kind of bullshit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just throw it out there. Something Corporate's Leaving Through the Windows. Worst album per Sybil of 2002 for the show. Um, God, I really hated that record. But is it worse than Transphobia? Yes. Um... I'm going to be that community meme right now. I can excuse transphobia, but... <laughs> you can excuse transphobia? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's either Dinosaur 71 for me, and... You know I'm not going to bark that as the worst. I know. <laughs> You're already cancelled for that. Yes, I know. <laughs> I've been walking these streets all night, looking for a sign. In my back all week And baby now it's time I saw you driving in your black Corvette Flying by I've been watching you all night long I can't deny I've been wondering Where you going I've been wondering Where you been I've been wondering Where you going What do I have to do To get to you Just let me in I wanna party with you So, offhand, I did pull up the uh, 2003 45th Annual Grammy Awards, which were the ones that were covering 2002 in retrospect. Because I actually pulled up the 2002 ones and only realized, wait, those start at the beginning of the next year. That will do us no good. So, there's actually very little pop-punk influence on here, and part of that's that these are, you know, the Grammys, but it's interesting to see where we have some of these things creeping in, because let's just pull up the relevant ones. Nothing on Album of the Year. Nothing on Record of the Year from our category. Song of the Year, however, does have one Avril Lavigne and The Matrix, songwriters for Complicated. Best new artist. Avril Lavigne failed to win under Nora Jones. Was Avril Lavigne in The Matrix? 
Uh, the Matrix are a pop music writing and record producer team consisting of three people, one named Spock. Okay, then. That's, um... We had a discussion on the Avril Lavigne episode about how she goes on to be known as her own songwriter, but on that first album, they're not giving her that credit. Right. These yeah. were the people they paired with her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also, best female pop vocal performance, Avril Lavigne's Complicated Fails, underneath Nora Jones's Don't Know Why. Why was everyone into Nora Jones in those years? Like, I don't have anything against her. It's just, like, so weird that that was, like, a pop success. Okay, so the thing you have to realize... I just discovered that Nora Jones was an actress. I was trying to see what she'd been doing these days. Um, the thing you have to realize is that if you are trying to push a female vocalist, they have to have a voice that does not sound like it matches their body and if they can play an instrument at the same time, that's bonus points. This is how you get a female artist into Starbucks, where you can sell the CDs at the counter. Walmart, where it will be completely unoffensive and sold on all shelves. Most record stores of the time. And you get a lot of radio airplay across three different types of channels. Top 10, probably R&B. A lot of these things can be R&B adjacent and just smooth jazz because Nora Jones could be on a smooth jazz station you could hear her on the quiet storm uh, I will also say most of what I found for this year relevant to our show is just Avril Lavigne she was also uh, lost to Nora Jones on best pop vocal album but there's one surprise that we covered who do you think it is Huh. Uh, okay. Okay, this is hard. One surprise. I'll say it's in the last so many albums we covered. So it's not SR-71. No one cares about that. No, it's not. Did Good Charlotte somehow made it there? No. Do you want to take one more guess, or no? I'm going to say Sam 41, because they, they got political. Their album came out too late to be in this year's Grammys. Okay, then that doesn't count. That doesn't count as a try. That does not. Because my theory here was let's... A surprise thing, among all of the things that we cover, would be something that got there maybe because they got political, which Good Charlotte would have worked, but they're not done. The All-American Reject, did Swing Swing win something? That was... God. Some decent radio play. Oh, it was only a nomination. It was not a win. Okay, did did Swing Swing get nominated? No. Okay, you tell me. I, I tried too many times. Best pop performance by a duo or group with vocals, Girl All the Bad Guys Want by Bowling for Soup. Oh, right! I forgot about that, and he got the Worst Dressed Award for that? We've yes. talked about that. It lost to No Doubt's Hey Baby. It is a catchy yeah. track, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is the majority here. I could really get silly if I want to start going into the technical awards, but no. Wait till I saw the sun. I don't know why I didn't come. I left you by. 
the house of fun I don't know why I didn't come I don't know why I didn't come When I saw the break of day I wish that I could fly Back to things we remember about albums. Let's see, what was the last one that we said something about? Um... We bounced on something corporate. The Get Up Kids on a Wire. I don't remember anything about this album. I mean, that was the folk record. That's what I remember from it. That was the folk record. There were two really really good songs from it, but it, it was a f indie folk record. There was no punk. This did not land with me. No foothold in my brain. No thoughts. Head empty. Of the Get Up Kids, anyway. And uh, and then Avril Lavigne would let go. This one I remember, and mostly because we had the Hello Kitty incident in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, I still show that clip around as a way to introduce people to our podcast. I think the clip doesn't work anymore. I don't know. Um. I got a warning at some point that Streamable was going to delete my videos because of inactivity. I don't know if that happened. Huh. Um, I'll check. That's weird. Um, yeah, same. I remember introducing you to Hello Kitty from by Avril Lavigne, which is the, the, the best thing ever. So that was a fun time. It's distinctive. Was that also the, the one when we talked about the Madonna rap? Maybe. It... I think it has to be, because I'm looking at everything else around it, and I can't think of how any of those would have led into it, and I know it wasn't post-My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Uh, next up is Boxcar Racer by Boxcar Racer by Blink-182. This was a fun episode just because of what a train wreck the Boxcar Racer project was. Yeah, I, I do remember having to listen to a lot of Tom DeLonge singing slow ballad songs, like, not ballad, but like slower songs. And that was painful. And that this, this might explicitly be what led to him leaving the band and going to become a UFO plant for the CIA. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And then we Such have, a wild ride. Yeah, and then we have Homegrown with King of Puff. I remember being mad at this record, but let me look them up. That was the one with the trans songs, when half of the songs were, like, psychopathic, and some something tran was the name of the of the songwriter, so what I remember is trans song, trans song, trans song. That's right, yes, and wasn't he the one who also wrote some real heinous incel stuff? Everyone writes some real heinous incel stuff on this record. Well, I remember. Yeah, I'm looking at this again, and we had two writers, and one of them is like, oh, this one has real problems. And the other is like, this is fine. And then we have Newfound Glory, Sticks and Stones. Sticks and, sticks and Stones. I was not as heavy on this as I expected to be. It's perfectly serviceable. It's another one of those... I know the name. I look forward to seeing them three more times and how they change up. Gave me very, uh, your, your young kids vibes. Oh, you're expecting New Found Glory to change up? You'd be very disappointed. Oh boy. 
Uh, no, I describe this as the platonic, uh, platonic like endpoint of pop punk, and I still stand by it. This record's great. This record is so fun. Uh, and then we have Real Big Fish with She Rap, which I cannot remember anything about because I think you're the only one who listened to this. I think I actually am the only one who listened to this and it led into me doing a whole thing on Ska, yes. Was it this one or the other one? I believe it's... Was it this or the Boss Tone? Yeah, we we rolled both up because they weren't really as Ska as we hoped. Go on, what do you remember about this record and the Boss Tones record? Uh, the Boss Tones record is just like, oh, wow, you guys really were trying to get away from knock on wood and all of that. And look what that did you. But Real Big Fish is a band that I always associate with being way more brassy. And that was not. And I looked them. I think this is the one where I looked them up and it's like. Yeah, uh, much like Goldfinger, they were trying to get away from their ska roots, and it nearly ended up breaking up the band. But they're also having a comeback in recent years. Have you finally figured out which one is Real Big Fish and which one is the Boss Tones? Boss Tones is Knock on Wood. Real Big Fish is... You can do it. Come on. I don't know what their song is. Sell Out. Oh, right, right, yes. Yes. Uh, You're almost there. You're learning. You're learning the way of ska. You know, I I got one right. Yeah. Maybe by next week we'll have a full 100% on this two-question quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then we did The Used by The Used. That was fun. I remember it had a really cool cover. Like, the album cover had, like, this mask with, like, the... Uh, it reminded me of Dark Souls 2. Yes. Yes, says the Dark Souls nowhere. Hey, of all of them, Dark Souls 2 is the one I like the most, even though it reduced someone to sputtering rage at me. You are very good at engendering rage from people. Gotta, gotta hand you that. It turns out I just have that effect on uh, everyone. Everyone. Okay. Um... And then, to finish this second part of this, the starting line, say it like you mean it. Do you remember anything about this? I know there was... Yeah. I know there was a track on this that I had heard before. The thing that I remember about this track is that this record is that this is the record that made me go... We should skip some records sometimes. (laughs) Right. I look at this and I see the best of me and I think I know who they are and then they're not who I think they are every time. That's why I remember this. No, no, they're not Foo Fighters. That's exactly it. I think they're some kind of weird musical cuckoo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this was the record that made me go, yeah, no, we have to skip records sometimes because this was nothing. It wasn't bad. It was just like, there's nothing to talk about here. No, it's a void, and it felt like something 16-year-olds wrote that was very desperately thrown together by a music industry trying to capitalize on this collapsing trend. My name is Jonas. I'm carrying the wheel. Thanks for all you've shown us. This is how we feel. 
Hey, you know why I love award shows before they start trying to streamline themselves? It's because you get things like best group video. Tell me who you think wins out of this mix-up. P.O.D. Alive, No Doubt Hey Baby, Blink-182 First Date, Linkin Park In The End, NSYNC With Nelly Girlfriend, or Dave Matthews Band Every Day. That's a category. This is the MTV Music Awards, right? Yeah. Uh, I have to say Linkin Park? No doubt, featuring Bounty Killer, Hey Baby. Okay, I don't know. I don't remember any of those videos, so I don't know if that's the best video. Uh, it I is an award-winning f- video, though. It won I remember MTV the first date video. I don't remember anything. It's the one where they're running around a theme park. Blink-182. Yeah, I mean, I remember the song, but you saying things will not make my brain suddenly have the capacity to remember that video. <laughs> like, it's cool. Uh, I get it. That I know that it existed. I just don't cannot summon it in my brain. One artist we covered did win something, and it was Avril Lavigne got Best New Artist with Complicated. She beat out John Mayer and Puddle of Mud. Jimmy Eat World lost Best Rock Video to Linkin Park's In The End, so you were close, uh-huh. just one category. Oh, poor Jimmy Eat World. They had, a, they had a video with naked people. Yeah. It's incredibly funny to me what some of these categories are. I'm going to name six songs, and I want you to tell me what you think this vi- this category is, and you will not get it. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. It was won by The White Stripes Fell in Love with a Girl, but they were against Cake, Short Skirt, Long Jacket, Coldplay, Trouble, The Crystal Method, Name of the Game, DMX, Who We Be, and Maxwell, This Woman's Work. What would you call that category? (laughs) Okay, something where Cake, Coldplay, and... Ra- rappers are in the same thing and what was the, the and white stripe white stripe won, white stripes won, it? won it white stripe won it uh, <laughs> this is gonna be good this, i don't know if this is possible to figure this out um so what do they have in common <laughs> this is a fucking only connect uh question <laughs> uh, what do they have in common Something about no, because Coldplay is in a duo. Um, because mm-hmm. DMX is the a Crystal duo, right? Method. Don't forget that's going to throw this off too. Yeah, I'm thinking something about duos, but Coldplay throws that off. Um, I don't know any of. Is this about videos? Okay, give me a yes. help here. Is this about videos? Okay, video is the second word of the two-word category. Videos featuring two people. Breakthrough video. Okay, that's not a crazy category, though. It's it's bland. I was expecting worse. Okay, that makes sense. It's a wild selection. It's a oh, yeah. fucking wild selection. Um, yeah. Oh, 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 I could make you very mad. Okay. So, 
This was the time period where MTV2 was the channel that was just all music videos still. Now we're up to MTV3 and 4 to keep shoving that back. But the MTV2 Award nominated The Hives, hate to say I told you so, Nora Jones, Don't Know Why, Music, Half Crazy, Nappy Roots, On Awe, The Strokes, Last Night, and awarded it to... Dashboard confessional screaming infidelities. Oh, that the fucking strokes? What? Yep. The strokes were still good back then. That was their first record. That was their debut, yeah. Yeah, they were still good back then. That was before whatever they did. But they were dashboard confessional good, Ellie. (laughs) I I can't. And for what it's worth, I Nobody we've covered did a performance that year. Now, let's take a look at the 2003 ones, which will cover some of the stuff we just did. Uh-huh. Uh, Avril Lavigne's I'm With You was nominated, but failed to win Best Female Video. And you'll understand why when I say, hey, look, it's Beyonce. Uh, Good Charlotte did not win on Best Group Video with Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, losing out to Coldplay, The Scientist. I would I not actually... put the... I would, yeah, I like the song. The, the, how? Yeah. Rush of Blood to the Head? Is that like a super underrated album? That album was yes. good. I actually love that and am a relatively strong Coldplay fan to this day. Uh, this... Okay, so you accidentally predicted a lot of the 2003 VMAs. Okay. Uh, Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy lost Best Pop Video to Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River. Mm-hmm. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous lost Best Rock Video to Linkin Park, Somewhere I Belong. But it didn't lose to Metallica's Saint Anger, so you know. Six of one, half dozen of wow. the other. Saint Anger is my name. Saint Anger. Frantic tick tock tick tock tick tock. Ah, let's see. I still here. find like the documentary, some kind of monsters, some kind of monster, is a hundred times funnier once you know how crap Saint Anger is because yes. it has like that weird triumphant ending and it's like, oh, wait, you did all of this shit to make Saint Anger? Just like. Oh, let's be real. Some kind of monster is an all-time comedy in hindsight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now, I support I support therapy, but not if you're Metallica. Or at least not the way that your therapist tries to make himself a member of the band. That was creepy. <laughs> All right. So, Sum 41 was nominated in two categories... And did not win in either, but I want to see if you can guess what the second one is. The first was Breakthrough Video, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to reuse that one. Uh, they lost to Coldplay's The Scientist. They were in there with Queens of the Stone Age's Go With the Flow, which I think would have been a better one. However, I want to hear if you can guess what category this is. One by Coldplay's The Scientist. It also contained Johnny Cash's Hurt. Missy Elliott's Work It, Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River, and some 41's The Hell Song. No, I... 
So it's not like something about their second album, because it's like the second album for Corporate, the second album for Sun 41, but Johnny Cash is like old. Yeah, Johnny um, Cash and Missy were way beyond second at this point. Yeah. I've got... It is a video I've... category. Okay, so the health song... Is the health song the one with the action figures? Yes. Something about innovation in special effects in music videos? This is completely throwing it out there? No, best special effects went to Queens of the Stone Age. Best direction in a video, some 41 the hell song nominated and lost. Okay. Then. <laughs> However, <sighs> viewers' choice did go to Good Charlotte, Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. And the MTV2 award will make you way less angry this year. Mm-hmm. Because it was also won by an artist we covered, AFI's Girls Not Grey beat out Common, Interpol, Queens of the Stone Age, and The Roots. Also, Good Charlotte did perform on the stage with The Anthem. I can undo all the goodwill from that by telling you who closed the show with a five-song set. This was 2002 Eminem? No, Metallica, and they played, this is gonna be even funnier, are You Gonna Go My Way, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Seven Nation Army, Beat It, and Frantic. Which is the only track of theirs. That sounds like hell. Metallica covering... Metallica covering 2003 hits sounds like a specific hell made to torture me. I mean... Multiple of those aren't even 2003 hits. Smells Like Teen Spirit was 1993. That is fair. Beat It was the 80s. I thought there were some criteria to that. I, my brain changed the thing that you said and gave them to me in a changed form just to give some criteria to the words that you just said before. And now you... you you pointed that out, and, um... Ah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. There was also a Kelly Osbourne-Avril Lavigne duet. That sounds amazing! Can we find that? It, it was presenting the Lifetime Achievement Award to Duran Duran. Wait, did they actually do a song together, or they were just, like, presenting a song? No, they just came out on stage and gave the award to Duran Duran. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was yanking your chain a little. about My Chemical Romance. I brought you my bullets, you brought me your love. 
You introduced me to the fact that there is a whole theory about the fact that maybe they're all worshipping the devil and have a character through their albums that is running around sacrificing souls to bring someone back. And that's going to really take center stage next album. Yeah, uh, I remember that this is the Worth My Chemical Romance album. Fight me. I can believe that. And then we have Voting for Soup with Drunk Enough to Dance. I don't know, this was an interesting little party album that uh, is nothing I really want to listen to again. Yeah, I remember that I was not expecting Bowling for Soup to be that insulty from their singles. But then again, this is the podcast that we're making, aren't we? I mean, I can't wait till we start discussing what comes next year and just picking out our anticipated. What do you remember about Good Charlotte's The Young and the Hopeless, Ellie? Lifestyle of the rich and the very catchy. Yeah, honestly, that that's a much better album than I expected. That's probably my secret hit of the year. Then we have the All American Rejects by the All American Rejects. Oh right, these guys who all of their songs, all of their songs made me mad because I expected them to be more interesting things. Like Time Stand still made me think it was a Rush cover, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, Christmas Bells. <laughs> That's the American Reject. They had weird production. It's SR71 with Tomorrow. You know, it's the peak of that band. They're never going to be this good again, but it still holds up to this day. No, it was garbage. <laughs> I no, 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 no. I hate it. It had embarrassing lyrics. Some of the most embarrassing lyrics that we've covered. But it had a real swell set of videos, and I still think that, while there's a couple of tracks that I will not defend, it is 80% solid material. I, I, I disagree. I think this was one of the funniest records that we've covered, but that doesn't make it good. I would never listen to this. And you're cancelled for liking this. Hey, speaking of we will never listen to this, and it was funny, Kelly Osbourne, shut up. It was fine. I disagree. Kelly Osbourne, shut up. It was fine. It was way better than I expected. I expected this to be my worst record of the year just because, you know, it's Kelly Osbourne. It's a record spun from a reality show. It was fine. It was a completely okay pop rock record. I would in no way call this completely fine. This was a total debacle, and I see why she had to pivot genres to get another album made, even with her name. And then we go to Sum 41, the last one that we covered. Does this look infected? Still good! That was fun. This was a weird turn for Sum 41. It was interesting, if anything. Sum 41 has become my fun little band that I don't know what I'm going to get out of them, but I'm going to enjoy it every time. Yeah, especially what, especially given what Alexandra said, that they will explore even more different things in the future. Oh, this is going to so be fun. I'm so excited. This Do you remember when I just started cackling madly for 30 seconds last week? Because I looked something up and I didn't want to spoil it. I'm so excited. What is the best record of 2002? I'm gonna say my best record of 2002, definitely the used's debut. Really? That high on that one? Two and three is where I have to start fighting with myself because 
My Chemical Romance, uh, it's, I can see where it's going. So, let me get this straight. You're, you're saying that the youth debut is better than the Bad Religion record? You enjoyed that more than the Bad Religion record? Okay. Yeah, because it's a surprise to me. I've listened to the process of belief inside and out. The used caught me completely off guard. I like it. That's a great surprise. Uh, yeah, Bad Religion would be up there. Uh, if I had to pick a third, honestly, let's go some 41, just because of, again, surprise value. Okay, um, I'm gonna be cancelled for this. Uh, my favorite record of the year is Tell All Your Friend by Taking Back Sunday. I still listen to that record. It has awful lyrics. It's extremely scammy. Look, It's a really Ellie? good pop emo record. It's, I still listen to that. Yeah. You're not telling me you want to listen to Leaving Through the Windows by Something Corporate, so you're fine. <laughs> no, that is just bad music. Taking yeah. Back Sunday is good music made by people who say things that are bad. Um, after that, yeah, after that it becomes a bit muddy. Like, definitely Taking Back Sunday, my top record of the year. Wait, did we do... No, never mind. Six and Stone. We did Newfound Glory this this uh, this season. Uh, no, Newfound Glory, Six and Stone, best record of the year. That is a fantastic pop punk record. Like, if you don't know what pop punk is, if you've never listened to pop punk, if you're like an alien who doesn't know who Blink One Eighty Two is, hey, listen to that record. It's um, all right. You didn't know who Blink One Eighty Two was. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's fine. It's fine. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Newfound Glory is amazing. Um, Newfound, that, that record specifically is really fucking good. Uh, then, Taking Back Sunday. That's the second. And for my third place, I don't know. It would either be Finch or My Chemical Romance. I think the My Chemical Romance is the weakest My Chemical Romance record, which makes it still pretty good. And the Finch record was just like extremely fun garbage, so maybe 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 I like emo a bit. Um Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um so what are we doing next next season and what are you excited about? Because you wanted to talk about that. I haven't looked at that yet. So I'm looking ahead and there's three right off the bat that I already want to see where they go, because we've got Reliant K comes back. We've got another record by something corporate. What's that going to be? And we've also got the return of Thursday in 2003. So we're in for some interesting things. Same song, different chorus. So this was an episode, and uh, I don't know, podcastings, I, 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 whatever. This was the episode, follow us on Twitter, and uh, our website is getoutofthestone.com. Please send us mail. Do we have any mail? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so, but this would be like a good episode to read any mail, if any of you would send us any. Um, no. Um, Tumblr? 
gives us five good reasons to go dashwards. Here's what's trending. Uh, one of those dinosaur coming. Someone saying messaging me about Instagram. Hmm. Someone writing, I take full responsibility for all accidents here on as they are of my creation. Being an occupation after an occupation of 48 years of constructing, surveilling, civil engineering and mapping and all of your comments are welcome. Thank you, Bruce Spencer. Uh, someone who's basically a ball of fluff with eyes and deep kitty thoughts. And a portfolio, Instagram nature artist and plant mother. So this is what Tumblr writes us on our email. Hmm. Um, oh wait, what is this? Well, we do not have a Patreon, but that's only because in 2002 it hasn't been invented yet. We'll see you in the future, folks. How 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 did uh how did people got money in 2002? Uh, this would have been around the time Radiohead experimented with. I think it was in Rainbows was their digital distribution. Pay what you want. Okay. So people were starting to screw around with that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yep. That's the beginning of the end for society as a whole. No, Radiohead did not end society. Look. Tom York can be accused of a lot of things, but he is not the person who started this. That's low tax. <laughs> Rest in piss, you son of a bitch. I've still never even accessed a something awful ever, so you'll just sound like fucking crazy to me. Um, You don't want to know how many tabs I have open. Yeah. Goodbye. This is the end. <laughs> this is the end. Just dropping rhymes Let's go freak out everyone. No reason. Who knows why? What's on your mind? Not like I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin. Get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.